You beauty. G'day guys and welcome to Dreams Into Success. I'm your host, Chris Goodrope, and each episode we bring you an inspiring story or message that will encourage you to face your fears and live your dreams. Before we get started today, I just want to say a big thank you to our sponsors here at Dreams Into Success, Robert Oatley Wines and Rode Microphones. And don't forget to visit my website, chrisgoodrope.com. Follow this podcast on Instagram at Dreams Into Success and subscribe to my YouTube channel at Dreams Into Success if you want to watch the episodes. Or if you prefer to listen, you can find me at Apple iTunes or Spotify so you don't miss an episode. This is episode number eight with one of the superstars of Australian cricket, and one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, Brett Lee. Today I'm excited to have one of the all-time great Australian cricketers on the show. Regarded as one of the fastest ever bowlers in the world, clocking 161 kilometres, this man has achieved success in all forms of the game. From taking a five-wicket haul in his Australian Boxing Day Test debut on the MCG in 1999, to winning the 2003 World Cup final over arch-rivals India. Taking 310 test wickets, 380 one-day international wickets, achieving 10 five-wicket hauls, and incredibly over a 20-year period, he consistently bowled over 150 kilometres an hour, which is just phenomenal. He's a family man with an amazing wife and three young kids, and in our very brief time of knowing each other, I can truly say he's one of the nicest blokes you ever meet. Please welcome Brett Lee. Goody, thanks, mate. That's probably the best intro I've ever had in my life. <laughs> thanks, mate. <laughs> Not too bad, mate. <laughs> Good mate, to be here. Thanks so much for coming on. Really, really appreciate it, mate. And um, yeah, really grateful to have you on. Um, mate, before we touch on your career and, and have a bit of a chat about life, mm. um, I'd just shortly like to just quickly share how we met. Do you, do you actually remember? It's a while ago. Yeah. <laughs> it and, is a while ago. Uh, probably involved a couple of. Um, Quiet beverages. Mate, there was a few quiet beverages, <laughs> I reckon. <laughs> I'll take you back. It was Melbourne Cup Day, 2018. Um, we met through a mutual friend, yeah. Jamie Jamie Barclay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, mate, it was at the races. I think uh, I was there with Mickey O, one of my great mates. We came in and, mate, it was just – it was good fun, wasn't it? We are yeah, putting bets on. We are having a few beers and um, – I still, I still remember, mate. We we. Clipped. I don't. I don't think we won much. No, we didn't, day. mate. No. We didn't win much at all because I remember it you. <laughs> you gave me. Uh, you go, Goody. I've got a bet for you, and I go, Oh no, 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 bigger. And he goes, No, no. You said, Yeah, yeah. I'll put. I'll put a fifty dollar bet on for you, mate. <laughs> I go, All right, bigger. Put it on. And mate, it was no good. I nah. reckon it's still running. But, I think uh, it was a camel. <laughs> but mate, uh, yeah, mate. I think you know we we worked out. We were both born on the same day, eighth of November. That's incredible. It's amazing, and I actually. Remember, and has this for the next two to three weeks after that. Flame trees from Cold Chisel. I think we'll bang in that yep. out at some yep. stage. Mate, I was playing that in my car for the next <laughs> two weeks. So it was unbelievable. But, but mate, before we get started, I've got to give you the. Uh, mate, there's, oh, he's there's, got it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, back. mate. Well, we'll put this towards some coffees later on. But you didn't have to do that, mate. Thank you. Nah, good on you, mate. Hey, um, mate, let's let's get into it. Take me back to the start. What was it like growing up in, in the Lee household? Oh, uh, look, I've. Very lucky to say, mate. I've I've had a a blessed childhood. I've grown up with um, you know two amazing parents. Uh, Mum and dad have been my best um, supporters, I guess, and 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 two people that I still look up to and, and speak to mum and dad every single day. 
uh, and having two wonderful brothers, one older, one younger. Shane being the the older brother who had the chance to, I guess, achieve his dream first, and I could watch him, you know, tick off the boxes, yeah. you know, play first grade cricket to Shield cricket to, to then play for Australian One Day cricket. He actually set the path for me, and mm. I, I was trying to follow that road that he went down. And we were always super competitive in the backyard playing cricket, but never ever against each other. We're always, I was actually more nervous watching Shane play his first game than I was playing my first game. Really? Yeah. Is that right? And my younger brother Grant, uh, he is just the most beautiful person I'll ever meet. Uh, Shane and I fight like cats and dogs, because we're so similar. But Grant and I, yeah. I don't think we've had one fight in our life. Really? Yeah. Uh, just a terrific guy. He's he was ducks of the school. Probably a better cricketer than Shane and I put together. Is that right? Really? And just didn't want to play it. Yeah, okay. He's a pianist and he's done really, really well in finance. And yeah. yeah so yeah. just a normal suburban backyard. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, the, the the whole household is filled with love. And yeah. I think it's so important. And great that's memories. Oh, mate, absolutely. Yeah, and that's what yeah. I try to achieve here. Yeah, oh, absolutely, mate. And I suppose going back to that young age and you, you just mentioned, you know, playing cricket in the backyard with your brothers and things like that. Did you did you know at all what you wanted to do at a young age? Like what was what was your dream, I suppose? Well, my my dream was at the age of 9, mum and dad asked me as they asked all all the three boys, you know, what's your dream when you you, you get bigger and you're stronger type of thing is, yeah. you know, people say oh, you know, I want to be a policeman or a fireman type of thing. <laughs> and I said I want to play cricket for Australia, wear the baggy green cap and, and bowl over 160 k's at the age of nine. Mate, so you knew that back then? Yeah, it's... Wow. It's hard to explain because there'd be a lot of kids listening in here and a lot of, you know, adults that also too had dreams of and aspirations of one day playing for their country and, um, you know, different sports. You know, you mentioned your father before was a, you know Olympic cyclist and so you've, you've had that with your life as well and obviously seen the dedication that he went through. Mm. And there are a lot of kids that have dreams, but not many kids get the chance to say they've achieved that dream. And lived it out. But yeah. I, I actually knew somehow without being cocky or pretentious, Yeah. probably because I'm stubborn. Mm. And that's, yeah. I guess, when that's you're born on, like on November the 8th with, with Scorpios, we're, <laughs> exactly right. we're very stubborn. We but are. that that's what makes us who we are, I guess. And all the setbacks, which I'm sure we'll get through later on. Yeah. But uh, yeah, I, I just knew I wanted to play for Australia. Nothing yeah. was going to stop me. And nothing was going to get in your way, no. was it? Nah, mate, that's amazing. That's an amazing insight because it, it, it is so true and I'm probably finding it out even now at a later life. Like I always had that mindset. Mm. But, it, you know, if you want to achieve something, you can just set your mind to it and, and almost if you, that's, you know, what you want to do, nothing will get in the way, will it? Yeah, look, you know, your mind is a wonderful thing and, um, you know, having having friends that have been in different uh, aspects of their life in terms of, you know, Charlie Teo, who's a you know a friend, and you, you know you speak to him about using your brain, and he reckons mm. we use such a small part of our brain, and we can achieve so much more if we actually dedicated something. So if you if you have a dream, sort of for for example, if you have a dream that you want to be the best bowler you can possibly be, yeah, and you harness all that energy and that positivity and that that real good vibe about trying to achieve that dream. It's it's amazing that when you put your mind on something, you, you can actually achieve it. Yeah, and it's. People say, well, there's luck involved. Of course there's luck involved. Mm. There's luck making the, the, the right team at you know, the right time, yeah. being at the right place at the right time. But I think you make your own luck in life. Yeah. And 
the harder you train, the luckier you become. Mate, I know there's cliches that you can use all day long, but yeah. it's, it's true. Mate, I couldn't agree anymore. And we'll get on mindset and that type of thing later on. But, yeah, I, I, I couldn't agree anymore mm. with, with, with having that positive attitude towards it. So, mate, talking about your dream and your dream was to become an Australian cricketer, what, how, just to those kids out there, how important is it to have, have a dream? And, and it may not be an Australian cricketer. That's right. It, it could be... Mate, could, you could want to play the guitar or mm. whatever it is. How important is it to to have a have a dream and maybe um, set some goals to try and achieve it? Yeah, look, when I when I go and chat to kids at schools, and I I, I actually say that exact or ask the exact same question, uh, and you know, kids say, "Well, I want to play for Australia." So, to me, success isn't measured on playing for your country. It isn't measured on how many dollars you have in the bank or what house you live in. To me, it's like what type of person are you and what type of person do you want to become? So if your dream is to play fifth grade for Manly yeah, and you achieve that, then you, in my eyes, have achieved what I want to do is play, play for my country because that was my dream. Yeah. So that's the top of the lid that you want to sort of get to. That's, that's a seal on the roof. If you can get to that, to that point, then you've achieved your dream. If your dream is to, to be the best policeman, you know, that, yeah. that you possibly can, yeah. that's, that's a massive achievement. So, yeah. I think sometimes through the media, and we're all guilty of it, mm. that we we expect people to you, you've got to play, you've got to be the quickest bowler, you've got to be the best batsman, you've got to be the the best football player type of thing, and you know a lot of people don't do it because there's so much pressure. Mate, that's a great message mm. because, and that is so true because there's so much um, pressure these days, particularly on the on kids. You know now there's social mm. media, and you know have to aspire to be at a certain level, but to Get that message across that, you know, it's okay that, you know, fifth level at Manly, yep. that's still regarded as successful if, if that's your dream, Yeah, isn't it? and look, a dream's a dream, but the one clear message that I always leave these kids with, I reckon a lot of coaches these days and, um, and probably school teachers too, and not all school teachers the same, mm. and you've got to hear what I'm saying because <laughs> people might go, well, he's having a crack at school teachers, <laughs> which I'm not. I th- Guess the mindset sometimes is just have a go and just try your best. Mm. And that's fine, right? But with sport, it's always the coaches, there's always that mindset of you don't have to come first. Mm. Just get out there and have a go and just try your best. And, and, and I get that. But then when we sit down to have an exam at school, you've got to get the highest marks you possibly can. When you go for your job, you have to try and get the best job you possibly can. Yeah. So we're almost building a culture of... Um, not to give up, but just to do enough. And do I, enough, yeah. I, I think sometimes the message I want to get across to kids too is, no, you can do more than just have a go. Get yeah. out there and, and, and try to win. You've got to win. Yeah. Nothing wrong with winning. No. Because winning is a part of your life. I don't care what people say. Winning, you have to go out there to try to win, but you've got to understand that you're not always going to win. You've got to be a good loser too. Absolutely. And that's, that's, yeah. that's the fallback. So it's all about winning, winning, winning. you got to go out there and try to win. But when you don't, you appreciate the team or the person that's beat you. Mate, that's a great message again because that's so true. If you've gone out there, you're giving it your 110% and you do lose, mm. there's a whole lot of lessons learnt from that, from losing there to know that you, you can, you know, I can actually get even better than what I thought I could get. You can actually learn, I think, more in life, certainly from sport. And I always talk from the sport aspect because I think sport, sport's what I've done for my whole life. But yeah. sport and business are very similar. And if you can actually learn... Through making mistakes, so so many kids out there are so worried about making 
or choosing you know the wrong the, the, the wrong thing to do. Yeah. If they make a mistake, it, they they might think they've let their parents down. Nothing wrong with making a, a mistake mm. as long as you learn from that. Mm. And why did I make it? Why did I bowl that last ball? Try, try went for the glory ball and got hit for six. Yeah. Whereas I should have just gone wide line Yorker. For example, mm. um, you know that last kick you try and do a massive torpedo to try and get it through from fifty out, yeah. and you know you just could have gone just swim between the flags, yeah. do do what you've done your whole life type of thing. Yeah, don't try to overcomplicate things. But just quickly going back to that that dream, I always say to kids leaving when the the school, I said someone has to play for their country, so mm. why not be you? Yeah, if we all have that mindset, it's too hard. No one can do it. You have got more chance to win the lottery, which yeah. is true. Well, mate, Someone's there's only 11, what, 11 cricketers in Australia. 11 spots. 11 spots. So that's a, and you can imagine what a kid's thinking, you know, oh, yeah, it's too hard. But mm. that's a good little message to leave them with. Like, you know, it's got to be someone. I'm it? from Mount Warrigal on the south coast, two hours out of Sydney, and we had two <laughs> boys that, that both played for, for Australia. Mate, that's yeah, amazing. So, I mean, yeah. And then the Chapel brothers, and you think about yeah. other, you know, the hussies. Yep. So anyone can do it mm. if you provide – uh, that that access to to listening to your coaches, if you understand the knowledge, and if it takes a bit of skill too, yeah. And luckily, my mum had all the, uh, <laughs> the sporting skills. Sorry, oh, right? sorry, dad. Dad, <laughs> dad, dad, dad had the mental strength. <laughs> yeah, okay, yeah, right. And was really good because dad Same never played dad, cricket. Actually. Yeah, but mum had the sporting gene. Yeah, and she tells him every day. <laughs> <laughs> I bet, mate. Hey, Binger, um, mate. I'm actually quite a positive person as well, and obviously a lot of confidence was instilled in me as a young kid, mm. but also you know, taught to work hard and be a kind person. That's all down to my amazing parents as well. But, And we've already touched on what message you'd probably give an aspiring 11, 12-year-old kid wanting to play cricket for Australia. But if someone did come up to you, uh, you know, and ask you that, mm. what would you what would you say? What what would you what's the first thing you'd say to do if you're eleven to twelve year old? Well, I, I would you try and break things down and, and just say, what do you want to go on to? Is if that's your dream, what would you try to aspire to be? Like, so they might say, well, I want to play cricket for Australia, or I want to play in the IPL, or I want to play one day cricket. That's fine, okay. So then you have to work your way back to get to that top job. In Australian sport, you've got to make the under twelves, and then you've got to make the under fourteens, and the under sixteens, and you're going to go to grade cricket, and maybe start in seconds or thirds, and then work your way up. There's so a there pathway, are all these little there? pathways. Yeah. You don't just go from being a fifteen year old gun bowler yep. to being in the shield team. Yeah. Because there's all those things in between. But the message I would say is that you've got to commit a hundred percent. If you if that's a dream that you want to try to achieve, you have to commit a hundred percent. And to commit 100%, it's you have to give up so many things. Like Friday nights for me as a 17, 18-year-old kid, yeah. my mates are going to the pub. Yeah, they're like partying. They're having yeah. a great time. And here's me going to bed at 9 o'clock yeah. because mum and dad had to drive me up to Campbelltown. You know, had a game the next morning. Had yeah. a game the next morning and had to play again on Sunday and we'd be driving all over Sydney somewhere. Mm. And there was times where I'd go, I just want to have the normal weekend. I actually yeah. don't want to play cricket. And you're yeah. having tough times. You haven't taken wickets, and so you never got burnt out. Then really, oh, I was yeah. yeah. Plenty of times I got burnt out. Yeah. I actually think I got injured, or the injury happened to actually give me a break. Yeah, right. So well, once once reason, again, try to be positive. Yeah, yep. And not that you want kids to get injured. No, but injuries do happen, mm. and that's the other thing too. So when you're 12, you say right, if that's your dream, understand that there's going to be times that you will hate cricket. 
or yep. sport. There'll be times where you will try and do your own thing and you won't take the advice from your parents or the coaches because yep. you think that you know it all at 12, which you don't. There'll be times that you get injured and you want to leave the game. So it's it's a roller coaster. It's not going to be ride. easy the whole way, no, is it? No. But you just keep that emotional level nice and calm. Yeah. Your highs the highs aren't too high. Your lowest the lows, you compress it and you ride that emotional wave yeah. right through. That's not something I'm great. I'm I get fairly emotional. Yeah. Too yeah. many coffees you have. <laughs> mate, I reckon I've had a few. <laughs> well, mate, yours was quite strong before. Yeah. <laughs> Finger, mate, describe the moment. When you first received your baggy green, mate, that must just have been, uh, you know, obviously a childhood dream, but, uh, mate, it must have been an amazing moment for you. Yeah, I was watching the the test in Adelaide, and it's that famous test against Pakistan where uh, Gilly got the boys home, and he's only played in a couple of games himself. Uh, he was number 381, test player for Australia. Scott Muller was 382. Right. And there was a bit of pressure on Scott Muller. He didn't have the best of, of, of game. I thought he bowled pretty well, actually, yeah. to be honest. Uh, but Corey Richards, who was my roommate and played for Australia, and he played for Australia A as well, and we've been in a, um, a place in Piermont yeah. uh, rooming together for about four or five years, he said, I bet you had a phone call to play for Australia. Because there was a bit of talk that I might get a call up. And... Sure enough, after the test had finished, about two hours after the test, sitting there watching some TV, listening to some music, and the yeah. phone called. And like, hello, and such and such here from uh, the Australian Cricket Board back then. Oh, the ACB, yeah. The ACB. Uh, just letting you know, Brett, um, you've been chosen in the 12 uh, to go to Perth wow. against Pakistan. And I look at Corey and I'm, I'm like, this is the call <laughs> that happening. I've been waiting for my whole life. <laughs> yeah. Well, he's run the fridge, two Coronas, he cracked. <laughs> I'm trying to, like, listen, take down notes of what time I have to be at the airport tomorrow and this and this and this. And I, I was literally, I was shaking. Like, I was oh. literally, it's sort of like that was the moment of my life where I thought there's a chance I'm going to play for Australia here, a really good chance because yeah. I'm actually in the 12 now. Wow. doesn't mean that I'll play, but no. there's a chance. And I actually didn't play. Went to Perth. Uh, against Pakistan, that was the last game in that series against Pakistan. And thank God, because Shahab Akhtar was bowling, felt like about 190 k's at the <laughs> He was quick, wasn't he? Real yeah. quick. Yeah. And I then got left out of the next team that went to Adelaide because they used two spinners, which right. generally happens. And then the Boxing Day test came along, so that was my opportunity Yeah. Uh, to, I guess, burst onto the scene. But Mate. yeah, like that was... You know, I could actually look back and I, I still get goosebumps today thinking what's that 21 years ago Do you? yeah how it happened but yeah it was just uh corona in one hand and <laughs> try and take their notes in the other and Mate, that's that. a nothing, great story nothing sinking in <laughs> <laughs> uh, was there any, was any coronas on the plane on the way over <laughs> oh no well i remember going we went up to the oaks at neutral bay oh, yeah, my yeah. brother um took me up to the oaks to have a have a steak the night before and just to sort of congratulate me and you know had a couple of quiet beers and yeah but i was just you know, it just excited and Shane was like, you know, this is a really good opportunity. He said he never got to play test cricket. Yeah. At that stage, he was still hoping to. Right. But uh, he had played for Australia first and so he gave me a few good pointers on yeah. on what to do and what not to do, I guess. Yeah. Mate, what an amazing time. And, mate, how, you obviously mentioned that. How was your feeling, you know, in the 1999 Boxing Day test? What was that like running out and um, – you didn't bowl. You didn't bowl first, did you? No. No, I was bowling first change. Yeah, and, okay. uh, Which probably suited me too, because yeah. I guess you know if you take if you do take the new ball, you are sort of the bowling captain, and you got to 
provide and take wickets first up. Yeah. But I batted with Damien Fleming the day before, and we, we put on a couple, and I, I sort of slogged 27 odd, and did you? And, and, I didn't know and that. sort of took some pressure off me being at the middle for over an hour. Yeah. Looking around, seeing ninety thousand, you know, you know, Take the MCG in. very well. Ninety yeah. odd thousand people there, thinking far out. This is amazing. I can't wait to get it here and bowl. Yeah, and my mindset, my I guess, um, way that I structured my bowling life was, I thought I've worked so hard to get here. Mm. I'm not going to stuff it up now. So I was never nervous bowling. Yeah, petrified batting because <laughs> I was rubbish. <laughs> but I was never nervous bowling. I was just so excited to get out there and. And bowl. So yeah. when that opportunity did come around, and Steve Wall said warm up, yeah, yeah, there were some butterflies and there yeah, was a bet. few little, all right, but it was anxious. Give me the ball. Yeah, I stepped out my run up, took my baggy green cap off. David Shepherd, I think, was the umpire. Had the hair done, mate. Had the old hair done. <laughs> um, and yeah, like literally took the ball. And I was like, here we go. Yeah, big breath in, and then right up. Away you go. It's game time, mate. And the rest was history, really, because you took a. You took a wicket first over? Yeah, my fourth ball. Fourth ball. Yeah, wow. and I, I just thought if I don't slip over first ball or spray one in the first slip, I'm fine. If, <laughs> yeah. As long as I hit the cut stuff, <laughs> yes. I'm happy. Yeah. And the first ball shaped a little bit and then I thought, okay, and then the next ball sort of came out pretty good and I had good footing. Spikes were going in nicely. There's a little breeze behind me. I thought the conditions are perfect. Yeah, you're feeling good. Feeling good. And then I thought, I'm, I'm, gonna, I'm actually going to use this crowd. I'm going to use this crowd to, to pump me up. Rip one. And then one swung in, little inside edge. Ramesha was Indian batsman, who I do some work in uh, in India with. <laughs> yeah. And every time I'm on air with him, they always put the clip up. Poor bugger, right? He's never lived it down. <laughs> He's not going to live it down, is he? And once I got that first wicket, that was like, pressure's off. Yeah. I can just have fun now. Wait, top the shoulders. This is like a game of backyard cricket. And you're living your dream. Living, living the dream. Test wicket. How, how good is life? I thought, I just want one. I didn't want to be that one test wonder yep. and not get any wickets and no runs type of thing. But to get that first wicket that no one could take away from me, yeah, that's all I wanted. But then I thought, well, I've got one. Mm. I wouldn't want another one. I <laughs> wouldn't want another one. And that just... Oh, mate, kept on in five. Yeah, and, and five, which is... Mate. I never thought that I'd get five. No, yeah. I was just having it one. Mate, unbelievable. Mate, it's... Um, <clears throat> mate, I, uh, I actually never played cricket competitively it was always just in the backyard with yep. my brother i loved it you know mum would yell out when we hit windows and things like that it was <laughs> so would mine <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> break another window but, mate, it's funny because uh, maybe a lot of australians will, will cringe here i'm not one to sit down on a couch and watch an entire test like i'll like if if punters on 80 i'll sit down and see yep. if he gets his hundred or if brett lee's coming in he's got his wicket let's see if he get you know like but I'll, i still love my cricket mm. but mate i'll give you an interesting stat yeah I've never sat down and watched a full test match on the lounge. Really? No, never. Wow. What is that? Obviously, if I'm commentating, five yeah. days, love it. Yeah. Because you're part of the game and playing, absolutely love it. Yeah. But I couldn't sit here and look at the TV for five days. No. I'd probably last a few hours and then I'd be out, out doing fishing. something or fishing or, <laughs> yeah. you know, like I obviously keep, you know, if I'm not working, I, I keep an eye on the, the scores and, and yeah. watch the bowls and watch the batsmen. So it's good for you know what I'm trying to do and trying to achieve. Mm. But probably because I'm hyperactive. Yeah, I just couldn't do it. I just I don't We're know. similar, mate. Well, I, I was, what I was getting to was on what, 34 or 35 mm. November, mate. I feel as though, I feel so blessed to have grown up in an era of Australian cricket where, and look. You know, you knew them all. Like, I've got some names written down here. Mark and Steve Waugh, yep. Shane Warne, Glenn McGrath, Ricky Ponting, 
Adam Gilchrist, Justin Langer. Mate, what was it like, you know, being out there, playing with those guys, and then, I suppose, leading on from that, mate, I just want to ask what you miss about the game. So, yeah, first of all, what was it like playing with those guys? Well, you mentioned some pretty amazing players, and you throw in a a McGill, Damien Martin. Yeah. you know, and and, and late, you know, later on with the Simon Cadditch come, comes to the sort of team and Shane Watson those that yep. later on that era, play play with some amazing match winners, but top blokes. Yeah. So, to me, it was like, I don't know. Um, I think Steve Waugh once said that when you get the chance to play Shield cricket or or play for your country, it's like it's like a Bucks party every every day of the week. <laughs> That's what it feels like. You're there with well, your mate, best mates. You know what? You're doing what you love. Yeah. And you're there with all your, your best mates and just what? It couldn't get any better. It can't get any better. We we had that, those those guys that you mentioned, you know, with um, and, and you throw Michael Slater in. So Slater, um, Langer or, or Maddie Hayden, Rick yep. Ponning, Justin, you know, all those guys. We were so tight, and that's what made well, yeah. us the Is team. Right? We were. We were yeah. so tight, and we challenged each other. Each other. Yeah. When I was in the nets bowling to, to Slater or to um, you know to, to Punner or to Adam Gilchrist, I'll be trying to get him out, and I'll be bowling as quick as I could, and I might say I want to work on some short stuff, and Punner would just go, "Yep, yeah, bring it on." Really? And I would be at the front line a little bit, yeah, just, yeah. Just, <laughs> just to get just out. a smidgen maybe, <laughs> and Punner's going bang bang and just hitting falls and sixes in the nets. But we, we challenged each other, each other. We backed each other. Yeah. We committed to the the sort of uh, the role that we had to play, and we had fun. You're really we had fun. So you're united as a group then. Really? Oh yeah, 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 yeah. And you know you see, you know what's happened recently with um, you know different plays and 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 plays not getting on and issues with the, um, you know the wags and stuff yeah. and all these things that you read and that you hear and I'm just thinking, look, this this is meant to be the best time of your life. Yeah. And you've you've got to keep it tight. I still believe now there are, there are too many people involved in cricket. Mm. Back then we had you know a coach, manager, fitness trainer. And that was pretty much it, mate. It was completely different back then. Yeah. I actually had a chat with Rusey a couple of weeks ago. He he said the same thing. Mm. There was there's so many coaches, there's so many people involved these days. On top of the players, it's just completely changed, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, and look, everyone's time is so precious, mm. and when you're playing. If I'm playing a test match, so if today's Tuesday and I'm playing a test match starting Thursday, I might have a good bowl today and I'll rest tomorrow. Yeah. Just to make sure that my hammies are nice and loose. Yep. I've got the hydration in. If I felt like I didn't bowl well today, I might have a bowl tomorrow. Yeah. Just to, to mentally get right. Yep. But with and it's all about the guys' timing. So we, we used to train sometimes for two to three hours. There would be times we trained for five hours, which is too much. Yeah. And that, as I got on throughout the mid two thousand, I think that increased because we had so many staff, right. and all the staff—they're all lovely people. Yeah, of course. Yeah, but they're all employed to to come in, and we had you know coach, manager, assistant coach, uh, a bowling coach. Uh, we had a psychologist. We had a doctor. We had a physiotherapist. We had boom, boom, boom. There was twenty staff. Yeah. Wow. And so for you know for them not like a job justification, no. but there was like twenty people, twenty staff had to get their little piece in. So if mm. the fitness coach wasn't getting his his piece of time with yeah. the team, he won't get employed next year. No, that's right. If the uh, physiotherapist isn't doing his job, he won't get the, the go. So mm. we had we pulled in every sort of direction mm. because everyone's trying to get a piece of our time to justify what they had to do. Yeah. Whereas I think if you bring it up, cut it all back. Simple again. Keep it simple, stupid. That yeah. old saying. Yeah. Less is more. Yep. 
train hard, get out there. And most of the time there were meetings and all these things going on. This is towards the end. Yeah. But what wins you a game of cricket? Taking wickets and scoring runs. Get out there and strip it all back. I'm not saying that the whole the whole mental side is so important. (coughs) Yeah, we'll get to that. So important. Yeah. But you've got to be allowed to breathe as well as as an athlete. Absolutely. What do you miss most about it, mate? What's do you miss much about the game? I don't. I don't miss playing. Don't you? No, I don't. You'll never be able to substitute that feeling you get when you get a wicket. Mm. Well, certainly when I did, because yeah. the way I'd celebrate and carry like a full... Oh, mate, the jump, chainsaw would come you know, out. Do with. the jump or bloody the big <laughs> chainsaw or the heel click. And that I was doing that playing for Campbelltown or then playing for Mossman. Okay, yeah. Right. So that to me was the pure excitement, the the adrenaline. It's, it's almost like someone just jabs you with this uh, injection of adrenaline... And if they said, if I took a test wicket or a one-day wicket and then as soon as it happened, I had to run a 100-metre sprint, yeah. you know, I reckon I would beat most people because that adrenaline just oh, bloody yeah. uses You just took body. off, didn't you? <laughs> and then it's just, it just, but that that's something where a lot of ex-sports people, they struggle because they can't replicate that adrenaline. That would hard, it would, absolutely, it's hard mm. to, you know, Emulate that again now, isn't it? Yeah, like, well, I'm 43 going on 44 this year. So how do I emulate that adrenaline? But I, I've because I've had other interests away from cricket, yeah. I've, I've, I've found a way to to balance that. So, mm. yes, you know, you do miss that that adrenaline spike. Yeah. But I don't miss playing no, because okay. I, I, I think commentating too has actually kept me in the game, so I'm still current yeah. with the game. But I miss... I miss my mates. You know, I miss playing yeah. in that team environment. I miss the ups and downs that you go through and when your yeah. mate misses out or he's dropped or he's back in the team, he scores 100, takes a fifa. Because you know, you're living and breathing with each other in yeah. each other's pockets for 300 days per year. Yeah. And then it's the beers after the game, after in the test locker room. room. Yeah, yeah. And that's, they, they are moments that I'll treasure forever because, um, you know, that, that locker room, if walls could talk, just what we spoke about and just, you know, yeah. the copious amount of um, beverages that we used to go through, but that's all part of playing sport and enjoying it too. Oh, absolutely, mate. Hey, um, mate, do you have a favourite moment or highlight of career? Obviously, we've spoken about the 1999 Boxing Day Test, you Mm. took five wickets, 2003 World Cup, and you've also mentioned playing with your brother Shane. Mm. What's what's your most treasured memory, mate? Yeah, look, it's it's putting on the baggy green for the first time. Yeah. You know, getting that... Literally, um, you know, before I was going out on the ground and, and then going home that night, and I'd always I'd always take my baggy green cap home. Guys would sometimes leave it in their bag in the side pocket. Oh, and really? I was like, nah. nah. Sometimes I'd put it in the side pocket, put it on the plane. I'm like, nah. I always carried it because yeah. I thought, well, how many times do your bags go missing? Oh, exactly. I'm not going to lose yeah. my baggy green cap. Nah. And even though it's just a piece of green felt, mm. that's what it stood for. It means a lot, doesn't it? And I, I wanted to sleep with my, my cap on first night. Did you? Yeah, but I was worried about creasing it and <laughs> coming out the next morning or skew it. Yeah, right. And I'm embarrassed but also proud to say that when I got it and I got home and I'm looking in the mirror, I'm going. <laughs> I'm looking all right here. How cool is this? Yeah. I mean, once again, just a, a green felt cap or a hat, but it's what it stood for. And, mm. um, yeah, that, that, that to me was heaps of fun and, mm. you know, that – that chance to wear it was incredible. Yeah. Oh, mate, it would have been. Did you have, what about one of the, fu- can you share a, a story or one of the funniest moments that you've had on the, uh, 
on tour or uh, oh, there well, I'm sure there's a few. There's heaps of, heaps of funny stories and that's the thing too. You have to actually enjoy playing sport. You know, you yeah. got to enjoy each other's company and, you know, that, that comes with uh, sort of funny moments. There are plenty of, you know, we used to have, we used to sort of muck around, take, take the mickey out of um, Brad Hogg and Andrew Simons. But two guys... I'd always pick the team because two fantastic teammates. Yeah. Always got your back, mm. 100%. I mean, if you can't get on with Andrew Simons, yeah. something's wrong. Something wrong with it, yeah. Brad Hogg, the same. Yeah. Just a burst of energy. Yeah. But they'd say some funny things. And and, and <laughs> they used to, Mark, Mark Wall started calling Andrew Simons Jethro, uh, the, the, um, the Beverly Hillbillies, yeah. you know, that clum, clumsy guy that <laughs> was always kicking things over or tripping yeah. over. And then Simo tried to deflect that and call me Jethro. So then the guys started calling me Jethro, but it was actually Simo. But there was plenty of things that Simo would say that uh, would just, yeah. you know, make make the team laugh their heads off. There was a time in Adelaide and there's this girl and this attractive girl and she's standing next to a red car and, hello, love. And, uh, you know, what are you up to? And she goes, I'm selling raffle tickets. He goes, I'll just buy one, thanks, because I'll, I'll probably win this. She's like, okay, well... Pretty cocky, but confident. That's good. Um, yeah. He goes, oh, when's it, when's it drawn, love? She goes, oh, the 31st this month. He goes, well, my phone be on. You give me a call on the 32nd. Have you my car? <laughs> She's like, what? <laughs> but, like, like, there's probably, we've got a probably 100 Royisms or Hogisms that we use. Yeah, yeah. But two two great guys. I mean, I think it was Hoggy that uh, was coming from Coogee when they were playing a Shield match and went past Ranwick race courses. Is this where they run the Melbourne Cup? Oh, really? Yeah, Was he true. serious? Yeah. <laughs> oh, mate, no, great. Well, that'd be Melbourne because it's actually uh, a Melbourne Cup. <laughs> Melbourne Cup, mate. Yeah. But you need, you know, you need guys like that. You time. do, you do, you do, don't you, mate? Bingo, I might, um, I might uh, sort of switch tunes now. Well, it probably wasn't. It wasn't always easy, though. You had no. some tough times. You had, you had a lot of injuries and setbacks along the way. How did you? How did you overcome them? And find that sort of determination to get back to that top level. Well, there were probably more tough times than good times, and that's that's the whole uh, making, I think, of a sports person. Yeah. So, look, getting injured again and again and again, I I actually committed to understand that that was going to happen. Mm. And like we spoke about before, you, you sort of tell kids if they want to be a fast bowler, you got to expect to get injured. Yeah. Because... It's such an unnatural action. You can't expect to to run in at eighty five percent of your sprinting ability, jump in the air for four meters, land on your back foot, and for me personally, I'll be landing on about eighty eight kilos. Yep. Stretch right out about two meters, and then plantar flex and land in a position where there's hyperextension on my front leg. Um, you know, my, my ankle's getting crunched and then yeah. bring my glutes through, hyperextend, counter-rotate, all these technical terms or twist and turn yeah. and try and bowl the ball and do that for 25 hours, a, you know, a, a day times six balls per over. Right, yeah. It's a lot of pressure. Yeah. So I sort of go back to mum and dad where they said, you know, maybe you play cricket because, you know, you won't get injured as much as playing footy or, yeah. or league. Yeah. But I had 12 ops. Is that right? So I reckon if I played a different sport, I wouldn't have got that many operations. Wow. Yeah, okay. But six ankle ops, yep. brought my back twice, elbow surgery twice, um, bulging discs in my neck. You broke um, your back? Yeah, twice, yeah. I was at a back brace for 16 weeks. Wow. But how did, I mean, the, the way I, I, I actually overcome it is I just had to sort of work out why it happened. 
trust the judgment that I was getting from good people around me mm. in terms of, you know, um, medical staff. Yeah. And I know the reason why I broke my back was because I did have a mixed action. Mm. And I was pushing the ball and, you know, imagine getting a school ruler and you, you bend you it. bend it, yeah. And then that plastic school ruler, you get like a little white line through yep. it and then it goes crack. Well, that little white line is what they call like a stress fracture or stress reaction in your back. So your spine's the same. Right. You keep doing that and it'll go crack and you might get a complete separation. Really? Yeah. And that, that happened. But <clears throat> I had to get stronger. I had to fix my action. I had to mentally prepare that it was going to be a lot of hard work. So mm. I've done so much rehab in my life. Because you pushed your body pretty hard, didn't you? And that was the thing, 100%. Yeah. I was always flat out. Yeah. But I wouldn't change it. I mean, nah. who wants to bowl 135k? No, mate, sweat, when you can bowl 160. <laughs> I mean, that's exciting. That's rubbish. <laughs> exactly. No, yeah, no, there's no offence to anyone bowling 135k, <laughs> yeah. but that, that wasn't what I wanted to do. No, 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 that's great, mate. Good message, too. Did you, you, you didn't ever feel like walking away from the game at all, or didn't ever get too Did tough? when I was 12. Did you? Yeah, when I was 12, we, I was playing for the Oak Flat Rats. And we had a, a young guy come down and my coach, um, this guy was trying out from a different club and my coach goes, well, can you, uh, can you test him out with some short stuff? Said, yeah, well, you know, you have to ask me twice. <laughs> I can rip him. Yes, sir, I can, I can try and bowl a short <laughs> one. And I bowl one and it went like that and it hit him in the teeth and knocked his two front teeth out. There was blood all over the wicket and I felt sick. Yeah. I can promise you now that I hate the sight of blood. I hated people getting injured. Mm. You might put on this big, tough, fast bowler bravado that you have to do when you're trying to scare to live in tripe at a batsman. Yeah, well, it's almost like you're over that white yeah. line, aren't you? Well, you are, and yeah. and that's part. You, you know, you're acting. It's it's part of the act. Mm. But deep down, I hated people getting injured. So you know the the fact that people now do wear a lot more protective clothing. Yeah, but this guy, he he got hit. Went home and told Dad. Dad rang the, the father and offered to pay all the dental bills and stuff. Yeah, right. And we weren't well off or anything. No. He, and his dad said, no, nah, he should have been wearing a helmet. His fault. Um, he never played again. And I was like, really? I don't know if I want to do this. Yeah. Seeing blood in the wicket, that's... And this is you as a 12-year-old. Yeah, I was yeah. 12. And, I, and, you know, I sort of had the next weekend off, I think. And then they said, look, we'd love you to come back. And I went back and... Just fell in love with it again. Yeah, yeah. So I need that little time out. Yeah, time. Yeah, oh, mate. Yeah, well, there you go, mate. It sort of leads in nicely because I want to talk a little bit about mindset now and that mm. mental aspect. Did you ever use? Um, I'm sure you did. The, like the positive self talk, or did you visualize your success, or yeah. did you visualize yourself taking a wicket? How did you? Yeah. Did Did, did you use that? Always. Positive? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. To me, that was my my best tool that I had. I think. Uh, there, there were two. One was my fitness, and I had to be the fittest in the team because I had to do the most workload, active workload. Yeah, batsmen are super fit, but bowling under pressure and workload was really hard. So that was the first thing. Okay, but then it was that that mental aspect, and to me, visualization was so important. Mm. So I would get to the top of my mark, and I'd close my eyes just for a sl- like that, for a split second. In that split second, I'd watch myself run in from like a camera above me yep. and I could see the camera. I could see me running in with the hair and my legs pumping and my arms pumping. And the camera follows me in. I see the action in my mind. I'm trying to work. And I, I worked on my action up until the last ball I bowled in my career Yeah, to try to get it. You, you'll never get right? your action really? right. Yeah, you'll never. Yeah, well, okay. Me personally, I could never get my action 100%. Yeah. But I was close to mm. what worked for me. 
and I'd see, in my eyes, by perfect action, up hard, snap down, wrist behind the ball, ball swing away, batsman go forward, gilly, dive across to his right and take a specky. Wow. That was my stock ball. So to me, that's what I'd visualise, you know, five, five times out of six. Each time, yeah. Or if I, if it was the in-swinging Yorker, just go bang, and then you see the ball tail in, you see the, the batsman's feet shuffle back, the ball hits the turf, the dust flies up the stump, gets cartwheel back. Yeah. So visualisation to me was positive thinking uh, in order to achieve your, your you know, you, you know, you goal or your dream. Because, mate, you don't want to be thinking um, – that's a great point because you don't want to be thinking down the other end, you know, Sachin Tandorka, he's going to knock me for – he's going to knock me across mm. the covers here or he's just going to hit me for six. That's not the mindset you, no. you need to be going in with, is it? No, but that, that happened. Uh, yeah. yeah, I'm sure. And golfers know that when they stand up on the tee and you look out to the left and there's a bunker, mm. look out to the right and there's water, straight away you've, you've taught your brain two negative things. I'm thinking, I'm, should I, I don't go in the water. Yeah. So, I, you know, I reckon for an average golfer like me, if I look and think, oh, bunker, water, geez, I'd, if I don't get straight, I'm cooked. Mm. I go shank or I go slice over cover and land in the water. <laughs> yeah. But I promise you that if you took all that out and you're out in an open paddock at a farm mm. and you said just put the tee and just hit the thing as hard as you can, doesn't matter where it goes, you'll hit it pretty much dead straight. Yeah. So bowling was the same. If I and it happened at the top of my mark, there would be times where it's that little, you know, voice in your yeah. in, you know, your, your brain or that little person on your shoulder saying, um, Oh, if if you don't quite get the length right here, you're gonna go for six. Yeah, and then you need six to win. Um, what do you do? And you f- sort of freeze up. Mm. But and that did happen on a few occasions yeah. where it's it's not choking, but it's not having that clear mindset. Yeah. And there would and there has been times in 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 bowling where and I've had it happen at the Sydney Cricket Ground, had it happen at the Adelaide Oval, where I'm thinking, right, I just stick to line length, mm. top of off. Nick him off, Gilly dives to the right, takes a specky, right yeah. hand nicks it. We're running and going, bouncer, Yorker, bouncer, Yorker, 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 <laughs> slow ball. Oh, really? And I would try a slow ball that I've never bowled in my life just out of pure pressure. Right. And not clear thinking. Yeah. And then guys look at me going, what? where's that come from? <laughs> We're trying to nick the guy off and you bowled a slow ball and he's worked for four off his legs. Yeah. And I'd walk back and just go, well, that's, that's when you put your – you know, your mind under pressure mm. is, and so so clear thinking is so important. Yeah. And yet the the harder the moment, the bigger the moment, that's when you have to be super clear. Yeah. But to think super clear, you've got to be able to hit your skills. And to hit your skills, you've got to be able to do the work, the training. Yeah. So for me walking the field, if I've trained properly, then my brain's right. Really? If I yeah, haven't okay. trained as good as I could have done, mm. And I'd actually walk back. So fitness is, as I keep saying, is a huge part of me. Yeah. And I'd just, I'd touch my stomach walking back. Did you? If I can feel labs, if I feel strong, yeah, I'm sweet. I, you know, I won't, I won't get injured. I'm strong. If you feel it and go, oh, it's not as hard as it could be. Yeah. I'm cheating myself. Yeah, I haven't, okay. haven't done as much work as I probably could have. Yeah. Done all that preparation, mate. Yep. That's a great message. Hey, mate, I might move away from cricket a little bit now. You're, you're obviously a star <laughs> player, but mate, I don't think it you know fully defines you as a person. What what drives Brett Lee now? What what's your motivation and your new purpose in life now? Well, it, it's stage two of my life, so um, 
family have always come first, mm. even first prior, you know, prior to cricket. Yep. But now it's um, just trying to be the best dad I can, the best husband. Once again, they're all like they they sound like cliches, but it's yeah. it's just the simple things in life. I, I love moments with my kids. I love to try to pass on the knowledge to my son who plays cricket. He's a very good cricketer. I've never he, pushed him. Yeah, okay. He yep. captained the state under twelves, PWSA oh, it's team, PWSA yeah, opening really? batsman. Oh wow! Or bats in top four anyway. Oh, so he's not taking after bowling then? He goes, Dad. I think I got my batting off Uncle Shane because <laughs> you were rubbish. I said, yeah, Shane would love that. Harsh but fair. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, Shane loves it. Uh, but just just trying to be, you know, the best the best person I can. But also too, like I'm, I'm also inspired about learning other things in life about business. Mm. Um, you know, doing a lot of work here in Australia, but you know, over in uh, India, got my charity stuff. Yeah. So it, it's it's having other goals that will substitute that adrenaline that you won't get from when you take a from wicket. cricket. Yeah. But I, I've always made sure, mate, that I've I've had other interests throughout my whole life yeah. away from sport because I think a lot of sports people, because they're so intertwined with what they're doing and they're so one mind or, or focused on being the best sports person that they can, they almost get to the stage where. You know, you're only one knee injury away from yeah. a career-ending, um, you know, spot. Mate, that's a great point because, and that would be so true. And you could you could probably forgive a, a young, um, eighteen to twenty-one year old thinking, oh, I'm, I don't know what age to get into the Australian team. Like, was it twenty-two? Yeah, or mate, even the, even younger. Cummins was eighteen, I think. When there he you first go. Got in. You're probably thinking, oh, mate, I've made it. I'm going to be yeah. here for the next ten years. But if you don't have those yeah. other interests or something, well, it's not so much to fall back on, but to or this is in my eyes anyway. If it's not just all all about cricket mm. and to have something else to other interests, I think that's really important. Yeah, and no, I've I've always I've always worked when I've been playing for Australia, you know. And my my boss when I was seventeen gave me a job in menswear, and I'm still with him today. I mean, oh, yeah. We're, yeah, we're launching my own clothing label again. We we did some stuff. We had a little bit of a break over the last year or two. Yep. But I've been with him since I was 17. And right? he's taught me so many great things about life and about different skills and, and, and different mindsets in business. Mm. And they all complement sport too. Yeah. Oh, they do. And yeah. when I was working in selling suits in, in the Benchwear store in, in like in uh, Centrepoint in Sydney, you know, I, I was cooped up for six or seven hours a day. I get to training and think, ready to go. Yeah. Give me the ball because I've been wearing a suit the whole day. Yeah. And then – Come the weekend, I haven't thought about cricket because I've been trying to work on selling three-button single-breasted yeah. lapels. It's probably a good thing to take your mind. Yeah, absolutely. So whereas before I had nothing, I, I wasn't working. Mm. And I'd get the game on Saturday and I was exhausted mentally because I'd play the game on mine a thousand times. Yeah, right. Yeah, okay. So, yeah, I mean, the advice, the advice rather I'd give to all the, the young kids and young athletes coming through, doesn't matter what sport they play, is... Just have like another interest. Mm. Have something, whether it's reading a book or fishing or having an interest in cooking or yep. or whatever. It doesn't matter what it Explore, is. Explore, do something yeah. else as well. Yeah. You know, do a podcast. Mate, do a po- start not? a podcast. Mate, this is a world winning <laughs> podcast now. That's right, it will be. <laughs> Mate, do you have a morning routine? Yeah, I I try to get up uh, five days a week, F45. Um, we've got a studio here in Seaforth and, okay. you know, in the Northern Beaches, which I love and... Now, I try and do the 5.15 session. If not, there's a 6.15 session now, post-COVID. Right. Well, post-getting out of, uh, well, not through it ex- exactly, yeah, yeah. totally, but yeah. um, 5.15 is early. You know, yeah. when you're getting up with a four in it, a 
four thirty oh, or a four forty five. It's it's early. Yeah. yeah, I don't mind getting up early as long as I'm fishing. Is that right? To get up the gutter, so you get straight up if punish. it's punish. Oh yeah, I'll, I'll, be, I'll be I'll be leaping out of bed, waiting for my alarm to go off. Yeah, but I find too that getting up and get getting the the work done in terms of fitness. Mm. And I, there was a time where I missed about a month or two. There was a lot of stuff going on yeah. and just with business stuff. And I just didn't feel as sharp. Mm. You, know, you don't you actually don't feel as physically fit. Once again, you feel like you're cheating yourself. Yeah. You go to bed and you think, oh, I shouldn't have eaten that. Yeah. Now I can, I want to eat and drink what I want, providing that I've done the work done in the, the work. morning. Yeah. So exactly. you get up, you know, and then six so two, I'm having a coffee. My fitness job for the day is done. Done your fitness. Done. Having your coffee. Did five fifteen this morning. Did you? Had my two coffees. So this is like about lunchtime around for you. Yeah, this is this is done for me in terms of fitness. <laughs> yeah. But we've yeah. been doing heaps of walking too, me and my wife, yeah. and the kids and it puts you in a good frame of mind, doesn't it? As yeah. well, you talk about that clarity before, just to give you sort of a clear state. Yeah, and, yeah. and it's 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 very hard. I, I hated training, unless I'm running. I, I enjoy going for a run just on my own. Yeah, but when you train in a team environment, and I've been training with my brother Shane, and so he's accountable to me and vice versa. Yeah. So if he's not there in the morning, I felt like I've let him down, and vice versa. If if, if I'm not there, I feel yeah. like I let him down. So that's good. Yeah, yeah. it's it's just being accountable to someone and. And being in that team environment where you can have some fun doing it. Yeah, absolutely, mate. Mate, you've um, <clears throat> you've tried your hand in a few industries. <laughs> Bollywood acting. Bollywood acting. <laughs> Bollywood acting in India. Bit of fun. Bit of fun. Bit of a bit of a singing career as well, mate. Mm-hmm. You, you love your music. Yeah, what six and out? You're part of a part of yeah, a band there. Still am. Still, oh, still, still, still am. Are, yeah. Really? Yeah. Can you talk us through those two uh, those two times? Well, still in your well, life. There's now. there's a famous quote from the Eagles. Remember the Eagles? They yeah. Had that, um, I'm not sure if it was Don Henley or someone. Someone came out and said from the Eagles, um, the Eagles never broke up. We just took a 15-year vacation. <laughs> and so we'd had this time lapse with Six and Out for, for a long time. And my brother Shane said, uh, Six and Out never broke it up. We just couldn't get a gig. <laughs> <laughs> but we, we now play probably one or two gigs a year for charity. Yeah. And it's an excuse for us to catch up. Yeah. Have a few beers, great and, fun, and, and raise some money for people that need it most. Yeah, importantly. But yeah, yeah we, we did about two hundred and fifty shows around Australia. Did you really? From late nineties to, to to current. Wow. Okay. It's a lot of fun. Yeah. It's, it's you know to, to play in a rock band is. Um, oh mate, that'd be a lot of fun. So, so that's another outlet for you as well, isn't it? The music. Yeah. Well, music is probably my biggest though. outlet. Yeah. yeah. Got my six seven guitars over there. I've got about fifteen or sixteen, I think, from memory. And Is that right? Yeah. But we always had music around the house, and yeah. the happy childhood memory came from Mum playing the piano. And yeah, my brother is a pianist, and he plays every instrument under the sun. Does it, Grant? Yeah, Grant. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I got a grand piano upstairs, which I play. And yeah, um, and my daughter, she's she's four, but she loves music, and I, I reckon she's gonna be Does a singer she? or something really? to do That's with great. acting or whatever, because yeah. she's always up on the little table and doing a performance and <laughs> yeah. pressing and play the guitar and, yeah. and even my son now is one yeah he loves the sound he gets up there and has a go on the does piano he as well and i yeah. think it's really important yeah, yeah. oh mate absolutely every, every house needs a grand piano well mate mum and dad have got piano but i, I don't think i'm I'm no, I'm no good at it no. <laughs> okay hey, I, I think i could play no you know what i did play you're never too late um, mate everything i can do i can do it for you oh, I, could, I could i could do that one was it oh, no that's um oh who was that that's um his name? Gosh, then it's Brian, Adams. Brian, Brian Adams. Adams. Brian Adams. Brian Adams. Come on, Adams. I could do that one. Yeah, that's good. So, as a single bloke, mate, I could. Uh, oh, actually, anyway, we'll move on. From that. Probably, probably want a couple over. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, no, yeah, no, mate. Probably can't see, but he's actually bl- blushing here at the moment. <laughs> oh, yeah, I am, really am. 
Mate, uh, mate, final couple of questions. Yep. Um, thanks again for your time. Oh, mate, I asked all the guests this. Three life lessons or pieces of advice you'd pass on to those wanting to follow their dreams. So three life lessons that you've learned in your life that you would want to pass on to your kids or anyone else out there to follow their dreams. Firstly, if, if someone tells you you can't achieve something, don't try to prove them wrong, but prove, you, prove to yourself that you can do it. Mm. And I've had so many people, doctors, say that you won't be able to play cricket again because you've broken your back. Um, you know, you won't be able to, to bowl as quick as you can because your elbow snapped in half. Mm. So when, when someone says that you can't be the best doctor, you can't be ducks of the school, you can't be the best plumber, you can't play cricket for your country... Take that as a as a challenge or like yeah. take, bit of motivation. Turn, turn it around from being like a negative thing because so many so many kids are in, influenced by teachers and 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 um, and coaches and even parents, right? Mm. If they don't get that best advice, where are they where are they going to get that great advice from? Yeah. So it's the the kids, boys and girls that achieve greatness in terms of sport are the ones that are motivated, you know, with their own self. Internally. They can actually internally motivate themselves. So that's probably the first thing is that don't don't listen to what people say from a negative point of view. Turn mm. it into a positive. Turn it into a positive. Um, don't do anything that you wouldn't want to read on the front page <laughs> or that will embarrass your parents. Yeah, right. That's the, the thing I've lived by. That's a good one, actually. Yeah. Because what would what would kill me the most if, if I let my parents down, that, mm. would, that would kill me the most, thinking that if they were sh- shamed through something I've done... Mm. Um, did something bad in the press or in the nightclub or something like that. Yeah, that that would yes, it embarrassed me, but I'd be more embarrassed for what a I did for my, for for my family. Yeah, yeah. so yeah. Um, yeah, always that's probably the best best advice. I be a good person. I'd probably put that first. Just yeah, be a good okay. person. Yeah, you know, you can say treat people the way that you want to be treated mm. is is probably the thing. Yeah, um, and it's okay to be stubborn. Yeah, stubborn is good. Yeah, challenge yourself. <clears throat> You know, it probably goes back to that number one again where um, someone says you can't do it, but you deep down pick something. Don't don't go the easy road in life. You know, it's 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 easy bowling. To me, it was easy bowling 135 Ks. I could have done it my whole career mm. and probably not got injured because, you know, but that, that wouldn't have been the dynamic bowler of bowling over 150 Ks. Mm. So choose something that's going to challenge you don't be that person that, you know, there, 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 there are so many people that have that nine-to-five job and they, they, they turn their day up day, you know, day in, day out, and they hate their, they hate their job. Mm. I understand that that's what pays the bills <coughs> and that's what probably they're qualified in, but there are other things out there too. So challenge yourself in life. Yeah. Don't, don't just swim between the flags all the time. Be on the edge. Don't get caught in a rip. Yeah. But... Push the boundaries too. Mate, I love that. That's a that's great... pushing the boundaries. That's a great message. Well done, mate. Binger, mate, so I, uh, mate, I just want to acknowledge you for everything you've achieved in your life, mate. Yes, mate. Um, I've got so much respect for what you've done on the cricket field and all the hard work and, and commitment you've put in to have such an amazing career, mate. But I think what, what inspires me even more is, is just what a good good person you are. Um, mum and dad have always told me to surround myself with good, positive people, mate, and I reckon you're certainly one of those. Thanks, so, 
Um, mate, you're an amazing family man, and it's a real credit to the way you the way you approach life, mate. So, mate, hopefully, looking forward to having kicking back and having beer with you one when's, day. When's mate. the next Melbourne Cup? <laughs> <laughs> we'll have to lock that hopefully, one in. Hopefully, we? when we get through this COVID stuff, mate. But... I'm just going to throw you on the spot here at the yeah. moment. I've just had a look over there. There's a, there's a few guitars over there. Mm. Do you reckon you can um, maybe belt out like a little verse or uh, play a little tune for me? Yeah, well, I'm not sure I could sing because I'm a bit, <laughs> a bit of a rubbish singer. But, uh, let me just grab my. This is literally on the spot. This is right on the spot. I'm not even sure if this is in tune, but, um, you know, tuning's always a good way to start, but... As you can probably tell, that to me, that's that's actually tuned down. So I must have been working on a lower lower song like a Johnny Cash, but uh, that's probably the right... <laughs> That's all I got for today. <laughs> no, but um, music's fun. This mate. thing goes everywhere, and yeah, it's good. Good on you, Binger, mate. Where can people find you? Social media, website, yeah, any books, and yeah, look, I, I do some stuff on social media. Yeah, uh, I'm not overly active. Uh, yeah. I don't post and get up and hey, morning type of thing. I, I, yeah. I sort of try and do things that are inspirational. So if we're working on some stuff with some charity stuff or. Yeah. Lucky to have some, you know, some wonderful sponsors um, yeah. and, and things that we're doing. But Brettley underscore fifty eight is normally yeah. where they can find me. And uh, yeah, look, it, it's you got to have fun in life. Yeah, don't I don't take myself too seriously. Yeah. I don't try and be the next Bon Jovi. I never thought I'd be the guy that would take three hundred test wickets. So I just have fun in life and, and just try and be a good person. I guess. Good on you, mate. Final question: mm. What's your definition of success? Oof, my definition of success. I think if you can come home at night and look your wife in the eyes and your kids in the eyes, knowing that you've done the best you can as a as a father and as a as a husband, then you're on a pretty good track. I think, mate, that's unbelievable. Don't out sport. Good on you, mate. Hey, mate. Thanks for coming on, brother. I'm worried about being a good person. There you go. <laughs> Outstanding. Here's a pick, mate. Oh, it's a pick. Fifty-eight. Fifty-eight. That's my number. <laughs> Take your pick, as they say. Good on you, mate. Enjoy good on you, mate. Thanks again. Really appreciate it. How good was that? Brett Lee, one of the nicest guys you'll ever meet, one of Australia's best cricketers and fastest bowlers that we have seen. I just love Binger's elite mindset, his insight to what it was like wearing the baggy green. But what resonated with me most was his positive outlook on life, his love for his family, the decision to not choose the easy road in life, but instead challenge yourself, have fun along the way, and just be a good person. There were so many great messages there. I really hope you enjoyed it as much as I did. And it was a real pleasure having Binger on. And just a reminder, guys, if you enjoyed this episode today, please share it with your friends. Tag me on Instagram and subscribe to Apple iTunes and Spotify accounts so you don't miss an episode. Until next time, you guys know what to do. Get out there, face those fears and live those dreams. You'll be your day.